Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. There are some things you just expect to be able to do. Like I expected to convince my husband that the trash can was in a blind spot when I hit it pulling out of the driveway. I expected I would know exactly what my gifts and abilities were as soon as I graduated college. I expected I'd always have time to hang out with the friends I made in college. I expected marriage to have the same ease as dating. I expected my skin and hair to simply stay healthy without much effort and much money. I expected my pants to continue fitting just like they did in college. And I expected I would just be able to have kids whenever Ryan and I were ready. But here's the problem with expectations. We develop this mentality that will exceed all of them. They become hard and fast rules, not necessarily goals, they become facts. Then, when they go unmet, we face the emotional, spiritual, and physical toll of what seems like failure. But that's just not true. Expectations can change. They can be molded, but only if we hold them loosely. Many women expect getting pregnant to be a simple, easy thing. But as I got married and my best friends got married, we all started approaching this next stage of having kids together. Morgan was my childhood best friend and continues to be one of my very best friends today. When she told me she and her husband had decided to start having kids, I was ecstatic. I knew she would be an incredible mom. She, she would actually probably remember to pack the juice in her kid's lunchbox and probably cook meals that include at least one vegetable every day. But then months passed, years passed, and I never got a call with the exciting news. Instead, it was disappointment as Morgan came up with a negative sign, a not pregnant, on every single pregnancy test. But how she faced this season... How she chose to respond to these unmet expectations is an encouragement to any woman facing infertility. I said the word. We don't ever talk about it. But I really think we should. This is No One Told Me How to Walk Through Infertility. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of No One Told Me. Today's topic is a hard topic, but it's one that I'm excited that we finally get to talk about kind of more openly than I think a lot of women get to when they're in that particular season. But I have two friends with me, Morgan and Kristen. They are sisters, but I grew up with them. So really, I am one of the sisters. They don't know that, but I am. <laughs> we do. We, we know it in our hearts. Truth, maybe not like on that birth was, certificates or that was very genuine, Kristen. But <laughs> we, I really feel like you didn't. We mean. do, we do. <laughs> but we are for that sisters by heart. <laughs> but I grew up with them. Um, spent many a night at their house, and so I'm excited to get to sit down at the table. And I don't know how well we're going to do to get through this. Sometimes when you get with old friends, a lot comes up. So I'm a little concerned <laughs> about where this is going to go. But first, let's just start off, Kristen. Tell us some things that you love. What do you maybe not so much love? What What do you do? How do you spend your free time? That kind of stuff. Things I love. I love 
Callie. I love Callie. Aunt family, friends, Jesus. Mm. Um, I also love naps. Yes. And reading and musicals and singing. Didn't you just see Les Mis? I did. I sure did. Oh, it was At the Tennessee Theater? I did. You made it through the whole thing? Without crying, you mean? Just period. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I was <laughs> Her moved, accomplishment was without I was moved, crying. I was moved to, to tears. Were you? Yes. What is, what's your favorite musical? Oh, my goodness. Well, Hamilton, of course. What's your favorite book right now? My favorite book. Or what did you just read most recently? I just finished Crazy Rich Asians. I was a little late oh, to the yeah. party Did you see the movie? One. I did. It was not. It didn't. Didn't, didn't live up didn't to live the book. Up. No, mm. no. That's no. differing opinions than what I've heard. Really? I've heard the movie is fantastic. Oh, I liked it, man. Oh. But I haven't oh. read the book. There you go. Oh, that's fair. Um, so I do like those things. Mm-hmm. I do not like roller coasters. And then I have a, a crippling, crippling fear of public speaking. Good. So we are here today <laughs> with microphone in hand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just... Did this scare you? Not so no, much. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm just pretending that it's just the two of us. It is. And three of us and no one else will ever hear it. They won't. Just that will help mm-hmm. me get through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, crippling, crippling fear. <laughs> Good. Glad you're here. Glad. Good to yeah, have yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for asking me to come on. <laughs> All right. Morgan, you're going to hear me refer to her as Mo a lot because that's just habit. And that's what we um, grew up calling her. So Mo, tell us a little bit. What do you love? Not so much. What do you do in your free time? All that kind of stuff. I love my family. If you ask anyone who knows me, that's really what I just love. I, my free time, I like to be with my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's the truth. It's just what we that's do. That's what I like to do. I know sometimes you'll, it's like you're trying to use me as a litmus test. And you'll say, hey, what do you do on the weekends? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, we just hang out with our family. Okay, you too? All right, good. <laughs> I can't help it. That's what I like to do. That's really what I love. Um, what do I not like? I don't like... Well, I don't like strangers. I think everyone I don't oh know gosh. is a stranger and a creep. That's so true. It's That's true. So true. Stranger <laughs> danger. Yeah. Well, you um, texted me the other day and asked if I regularly shop at Publix. <laughs> and I said that I do. And I love it because it is a pleasure to shop there. I've mm-hmm. said that on the grocery store podcast. And you were going there. Was that your first time? My first time by myself. By I normally make Daniel go with me because that's a scary parking lot. Okay, it's not, it's a parking garage that's very busy. People are in and out of it, and plus shady they will, people are in they and will out. Walk your groceries to your students. car. I don't make them do that though because I'm a grown woman, but I just am very scared going to my car. <laughs> <laughs> just a grown woman who's petrified. <laughs> I'm just a grown woman that lives in fear of everything, but I'm grown. I can do. You're also dying. So when you hear the hacking um, in the background, it is our friend Morgan who is he. She's really struggling through the sickness to be here with us today. (laughs) So this topic that we're going to jump into, it's one that a lot of people don't necessarily love to talk about. One of the reasons that I was excited to bring both Mo and Kristen is because, Mo, you struggled for quite a while with infertility. And Kristen, correct me if I'm wrong, and this will come up more details later, but you had both of yours while Mo was struggling to get pregnant, right? Yes. So that was a whole other dynamic that I know for a lot of us, Mo does not think that's right. You had Jack before I started trying. Yeah, but I had both of mine before you had yours. Yes, yes. And then one during fertility. Okay. Now now we got our facts straight. Write that down. Check it off. (laughs) (laughs) Fact check. (laughs) Mo is doubling as a guest and a fact checker. (laughs) Got the calendar (laughs) wrong. When you walk this road, you remember. That's true. That's true. That is a valid point. That is a valid point. Um, For you, Mo, how long 
had you been married when you first started trying to have a baby and what led to the decision for you all to start trying? We had been married three and a half years and I don't know, we just felt like we were ready. I remember about six months before we started trying, we had been to the beach with my family who I love and <laughs> who uh, I, I do everything with always. <laughs> True. And um, I remember watching Kristen and Tate quote vacation with Jackson, who was about six months, and it was no vacation whatsoever. I mean, uh-huh. Dan and I were like reading books and sleeping in and staying up oh late, watching movies. Was that your first one with Jackson? It first was. vacation? Yes. And oh so my goodness. We just knew we were watching them, and we were like, "Yeah, we're not there. We're not. We're not ready mm-hmm. for that." And slowly, that became more like, "Oh, we can't do that." To okay, I think we can. This it wasn't is okay. like, yeah, it wasn't like we're like, okay, we have enough money now because you never have enough mm-hmm. or enough time. You never mm-hmm. have enough. We just felt like we just prayed about it and we just had a peace and felt like, okay, we can do it. Yeah, I do remember those first vacations when you're like, oh, these are not vacations anymore. No. These are trips we'll where trip. we have yep. to keep you yep. alive. <laughs> we'll call it a trip while we keep you I alive can, in the I sand know. of the ocean. <laughs> and I just, I just dig a hole, put them down in the hole, and hope yeah. they can't crawl out. <laughs> when they get bubbled, it's like, oh, Here's no. some toys. Listen, you're going to be fine, okay? <laughs> Kristen, for you, we just mentioned you had already had Jack. Mm-hmm. How old was he when Mo came to you and was like, I'm going to start, we're going to start trying? He, he really wasn't that old because we had this um, perfect plan that we thought was perfect where we were going <laughs> to stair-step the kids. I'd have one, she'd have one, I'd have one, yep. she'd have one. You know, and they'd be one year apart. And mm-hmm. So he was probably a couple months old when she started trying. Really? I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah. I did not. And he's how old now? Jack is? He's six. He's six. About to be seven. Oh. Can you believe that? Does it make your stomach hurt? Oh, yeah. yeah Mine heart. too. Yes. When you just realize how old they are. And, oh, yeah. He's so big. And it's like you just look up and you're like, when did you get this big and this old? And you talk to me like you're an adult. I was mm-hmm. picking him up from school the other day and I was watching him walk in with his class and out to the playground on his way out. I saw him and I started crying mm-hmm. just because he was so big. And then 20 minutes later when he came back in, I started crying again, just watching <laughs> him come back. <laughs> so do you actually work or do you just stand at the window and wait for your child to walk by? <laughs> It was a you know, personal day. <laughs> I was just making sure he's making it in and out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mo, for you, how long did you all try? How did you work to stay patient and encourage that first little bit? Because at first it's very exciting. Yeah. Honestly, saying encouraged at the start wasn't hard because I never thought it would be a long journey. So when we started, I was very hopeful and I was excited because, you know, I just thought Kristen's journey had been easy to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody who really was vocal about fertility. So I really was very hopeful in the beginning because I just thought mm-hmm. he tried to get pregnant and he did. Yeah. Um, and we ended up trying for 31 months. We were joking around before this. <laughs> like Mo just out of nowhere throws out this 31 months <laughs> number. When you get 31 <laughs> negative pregnancy tests, you don't forget it. Mm-mm. Those first few, how did that feel? Um, yeah, the first few is like, Oh, man. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it'll be it. And mm-hmm. every month I would plan, like, we started trying in April. And I planned a reveal for my birthday in May. That didn't work. So then I planned mm-hmm. one for July 4th. And it was like every month I changed. Oh, well, next month I know it'll happen. Because you are a planner. Oh, I mean, yeah. you are so the have, queen of planning. I am. So if anyone, if you need to announce your pregnancy at any point <laughs> of the year, Mo has a plan for I it. I have announcements like 31 times. So <laughs> you just let me know. <laughs> Easter eggs. You find one Easter egg has a baby in it. That's how you find out. I mean, that probably crossed my mind. That would not surprise me even a little bit. In the beginning for you, Kristen, you knew she was trying. That process had started and you knew month and month went by Mm -hmm. and it was still a negative pregnancy Mm -hmm. test. How were you encouraging her? What did you say to her? What did you do to help her? Looking back on it, knowing what I know now, I would have done it different. Because, you know, in the Mm -hmm. beginning, it was just those general 
well wishes. Yo, it'll happen next month. Just mm-hmm. hang in there. You know, your time's yeah. coming. And it's things that I would know. I would never say to anyone mm-hmm. on this side of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, just, oh, next month, that's it, that's it, no big deal. Um, just because we couldn't at that point even fathom mm-hmm. the depth and the, the road ahead. Mm-hmm. We just had no clue. When you started trying, Mo, did you tell people as initially? I mean, I remember you briefly mentioned it to me, but you didn't put a whole lot of emphasis on it. Just like, I think we're ready. We're just going to see what happens. Yeah, that's kind of where we were. I mean, of course, family knew and, and you know, you all knew my best buddies, but I didn't really make a big deal of it mm-hmm. because, again, I thought it would happen quick and I would be telling people quick. So mm-hmm. at first, I didn't really make a big to do of, okay, yeah, we're officially trying. As people um, continue to ask you, that's, it's almost like as soon as you get married, yes, the first question constant. that comes up is, so when are you going to have kids? Constant. When are you going to have kids? And I'm sure that question continued. How did that affect your heart throughout the journey? Like, how did you change as people kept asking you that? In the beginning, when they asked that, I would just, you know, just brush it mm-hmm. off. You know, I was like, oh, not today, because in my head, it was going to be next month. And then a year passed and two years, and it was terrible. I mean, you know, I would constantly get that question through Mm -hmm. people who had no idea what we were going through. And so eventually, I was very open with our fertility journey. So I eventually just started saying, you know, we're really struggling with fertility. So whenever the Lord blesses, if He does, then Mm -hmm. that'll be it. And then people stop asking. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It was hard to watch. I can remember people well, well well-meaning. Very well-meaning. But just seeing like a range of emotions, sometimes you could tell she was sad or Mm -hmm. frustrated or embarrassed or, you know, Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. it it was, it was hard. Yeah. I just remember you kind of stopped giving me updates somewhere along the way. I don't remember when, like that first little bit, you would kind of keep me up to date. And it got to the point where I didn't know if it was painful for me to ask you or, and then I didn't want to flat out ask you that because I didn't know if it would stir up more emotions. And I yeah. remember one thing you said to me, because someone came to me and wanted wanted to talk about infertility. And I remember talking to you about that and you said it in the, in the sweetest way. You just said, that's not all I want to be known for. I don't yeah. want to be known as the girl who's struggling through infertility. I don't want just that because there's yeah. so much more I have and is going on in my life. So how did you combat that? Because I mean, I'm sure at some point, everyone kind of had an idea because you were pretty, I mean, that was pretty much your answer was, well, we're, we're struggling a little bit, right. but we're still trying. It is a hard balance because being open and getting support is, is crucial going through this journey. But on the flip side of that, like you said, there's a lot more to me than mm-hmm. an IVF mom or, you know, going through fertility. And so it was hard to balance that because people almost begin to look at you with pity or, mm-hmm. and I didn't share my story to get pity. I mean, it was the encouragement and the prayers meant a lot, but it was. I mean, because people look at you like, oh, bless her heart. Or on Mother's Day, I felt like everybody was looking at me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I had a friend one time give me a flower for Mother's Day at church, and it made me feel sad. It made mm-hmm. me feel uncomfortable because I wasn't a mom. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was. I don't really know how you balance that. Um, mm-hmm. To me, being open and getting the support far outweighed stigma. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I would rather tell people, even if. They looked at me like that and have the support than not tell it and carry it by myself. Mm-hmm. And you became a really big support and help for others mm-hmm. who were behind you I hope on, so. the, on the journey because of your openness. Mm-hmm. I always say, I, I really think that's why the Lord allowed me to go through this. Hopefully I can help somebody else who's Speak that a truth in life yep. who's struggling through it right yep. now. Well, with that, I mean, in mind to the people who are behind you, you know, even their husbands or their close friends like me, it's almost like I didn't want to even touch it because I didn't want to remind you. I didn't want it to be, hey, this is happening. And so I'll never forget texting you and saying, hey, I'm I'm just going to come over. And you're okay. (laughs) And I walk in the door 
And we're sitting cookies. in your living room. I had cookies and Diet Mountain Dew because that was our snack. And we're sitting there <laughs> talking. You were just waiting. I knew you were. And I told you that I was pregnant with Henley. And yeah. it hurt me to tell you because she was a surprise for us. We weren't trying. I didn't think I was having kids. And that played into me. You were one of the very first people I told, but you were one of the hardest people I told. I'm sure. Because of all that. And I just remember you saying... It hurts my heart, but I'm so excited for you. It yep. makes me sad for me, but I'm so happy for you. Yep. And then you looked at those cookies and said, is that my consolation? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And I just can't ever look at those cookies the same. But for the people in the lives of anyone who is going through, even if it's not just infertility, if it's something that you, the world makes you feel like you shouldn't talk about mm-hmm. or that you should kind of keep hidden mm-hmm. or that makes you less, how can the people who are the support like we, Kristen, and me, and your family, how can they actually be the encouragement that you need? Like Kristen said, looking back, there are things I wish I hadn't yeah. said that wasn't helpful. So what are some of those things that are not helpful and some of the things that are? Some of the things when you get deep into a journey of fertility, like she said, I mean, and she, she was fantastic. Kristen mm-hmm. could not have done anything any better for me. She would come to my house. We would call it my dark place. Mm-hmm. I would go to my dark place, and I would come home, and I literally would not have the physical or mental energy if I'd gotten a bad test or another negative, mm-hmm. I would just go home, drop my bags from work on the floor, sit on my couch in the fetal position in my work clothes and cry until Kristen would come mm-hmm. literally pick me up off the couch. I mean, she could not have done anything better. But there are things like, oh, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Quit telling me that. Mm-hmm. I'm 25 months in and nothing's happened. Don't tell me it'll happen. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. I don't know that. Don't tell me that. Or I had people say things like, well, have you all considered adoption or have you considered mm-hmm. foster care? Those things are fantastic options, but we were feeling led down the road of fertility treatments. Mm -hmm. And so that was always something that I thought, yes, but it's not a yes from God right now. We still felt like it was a yes to pursue this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was one thing that I kind of really leaned into was I really prayed, okay, Lord, in the beginning, I prayed, let me have a baby. Just let me get pregnant. Let me get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the journey, I was praying, let me get pregnant or remove this desire from my heart. Mm -hmm. And I really had to lean into that and trust that he would take it away or he would give me a baby. Mm-hmm. And then also something like Kristen learned to give me shots. She gave me shots, these horrible, awful, terrible shots that no one but a nurse should give. She did close her eyes on the first one and just wild shoot me. That is true. That is literally true. And just aimed for the she general did. vicinity. She closed her eyes and shot my backside with her eyes closed the first time. But like she learned to give me shots. So I didn't have to go find somebody. You know, I had mm-hmm. women at church meet me in the bathroom stalls and give mm-hmm. me shots. When I brought dinner to you and you had Henley, I went down the street to your neighbor and got a fertility mm-hmm. shot. So just practical, I mean, little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How long did you do the shot? We tried on our own for a year. We tried with a fertility doctor here in Knoxville for 13 months, and that was shots off and on. And then we did IVF for six months, and that was multiple shots every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was months and months of daily mm-hmm. shots. For you, I know it was hard for me mm-hmm. as a good friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for you... You had Deacon within this, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. how did the conversation go when you shared with Mo? We inaudible for through the tears. We yeah, we <laughs> we kinda knew that it was about time for us to start trying with you know, with Deacon and so we would sort of talk like, Okay, if you get pregnant this month and I'm pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. We don't want to have them because we we're still pretty hopeful. You don't want to have mm-hmm. them. You don't mm-hmm. want to have them right on top of each other. And mm-hmm. so Tate and I, okay, maybe we can wait a couple months. But yeah. it, it was pretty clear that it was mm-hmm. time. Like we felt like it was the right time for us. And so obviously she was gracious. And so we said, okay, we're going to start trying in month one. They wink at each other across the room. Bam. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> they make direct eye contact. Literally. Pregnant. Yeah. Pregnant. <laughs> hey. <The truth. laughs> 
<laughs> so um, if you need any and, help. And so <laughs> month one, you know, mm-hmm. Deacon's on the way. And then it was, it was really hard mm-hmm. and, and not to equate my pain with what she was going mm-hmm. through or, or my struggle. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same. But, you know, we had this moment of I found out I was pregnant and Tate and I just were mm-hmm. just overjoyed and and happy and, and rejoicing together mm-hmm. at home and then realized we've got to tell Morgan. That was, it was hard. And we mm-hmm. took Jack down and he had on his little I'm going to be a big brother mm-hmm. shirt. And she came to the door and as soon as I saw her, I just started crying. All and three I said, of them. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm sorry. And we hugged and. It wasn't really even spoken. It was mm-hmm. just she knew the good and the bad that I was feeling, and I knew the good mm-hmm. and the bad mm-hmm. that she was feeling. And, and it was hard. You know, I struggled with some some guilt, mm-hmm. just guilt over my happiness, mm-hmm. bringing her happiness. She loves her nephews. If you know her, you know mm-hmm. no one loves Gosh, their nephews yes. <laughs> more than she does. But yep. knowing that my happiness was causing her pain, mm-hmm. and then I struggled with guilt a little bit. I felt guilty for Deacon because I thought mm-hmm. you – precious little baby that mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. prayed for and here you come and now I'm I just felt yeah. guilty for having some other feeling mm-hmm. other than just joy so I felt guilty for being, feeling guilty and it was mm-hmm. just this a little yeah. bit of a, of a cycle and that's the hardest part I, I think for especially relationships um, Mo you always handled it with so much grace and so much patience even though inwardly you probably didn't feel a lot of patience but outwardly I feel like even when I told you and what Kristen just described is you were honest I'll never forget you saying that to me is I'm sad for me but I'm so happy for you and that's I could true. tell you meant it you weren't yeah. just saying it to make me feel better but I remember you also being at the hospital. You're one of you were the only non family member at the hospital mm-hmm. with me. I was waiting it out. I was oh my gosh for 13 hours. You sat yep. that waiting room, sure <laughs> waiting on our sweet Henley to get there. <laughs> but even that, to me, is a picture of that grace that you mm-hmm. handled everything with. That you would choose to be there with me when I'm having Henley, even though you're still aching. And yep. in pain, but you waited and you were there when she was born and you were one of the first people to hold her. You were still the friend that I needed, even though you probably deep down, you wanted to be there and you didn't want to be there. I just had to make the decision. I would never miss out on being there for you or my nephew or, you know, was I heartbroken? Was it hard when both of you told me? Yes. I mean, Callie brought me cookies. Kristen didn't. That made it a little easier. <laughs> so, I mean, it's why I'm the third sister. <laughs> but, but I've never felt such opposite in emotions about one thing. I've never felt such heartbreak because yes, it absolutely shattered me. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I truly in my heart was so excited for you all. And I had to just learn that those don't have to be totally separate. I I could be that, but I could still be a friend and a sister to celebrate. And that doesn't take away from my heartbreak. I hope it didn't take away from your joy that, that we could have both. And mm-hmm. it was, y'all had to make decisions for your family and I had to make them for mine. And that I was think okay. it's important to give yourself and myself permission to feel the things yeah. that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It's okay to have conflicting emotions. And, and mm-hmm. you speaking about how she handled it with, with grace. You know, we always say, like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why am I going through this? Why is the Lord leading me down, mm-hmm. down this path? And I know she said that she thinks it or hopes that it's so she can help others. Yep. But really just the picture of how she was so sacrificial during that time. Mm -hmm. She went to every human's baby shower (laughs) and brought food to Mm -hmm. every new mom. She would sit at at my birthday parties and it was all the moms with their Mm -hmm. babies and she would be off to the side. And I remember crying at one of the boys' birthday parties because she was there and she was 
but it was just such a picture mm-hmm. of, you know, love. And mm-hmm. she was just really, really amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and someday she was more amazing than others. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to tell it. Um, Please do. She had been, like I said, to every shower mm-hmm. ever. So I'm pregnant with Deacon and bless her heart. She pulls up, we're on the phone and she's coming home from work and she's like, oh, I'm going to get the mail. I said, okay. So she gets out the mail and pulls out in her hand what clearly like she could tell is a baby shower invitation. Mm-hmm. And she said, if the next baby shower I'm invited to, if that's what this is, she said, I'm not going. I'm just done. <laughs> she opens it and she says, oh, it's yours. Um, <laughs> oh. Um, she said, okay, Thank I you will, for this. Thank I you for come. this invitation. I appreciate I it. I'm so, so excited about the special blessing. <laughs> the one after yours, I am not. Yeah, but the next one, I am not going. <laughs> baby Deacon, we welcome you, but the next one, you are not welcome. Don't about me. <laughs> but I really just feel like people were blessed by... Mm-hmm. By the way, she and conducted herself exactly. and served I just others feel like it. I think about most people, especially something as precious as a baby, when you feel like, oh, it's time for me to have a baby. Okay, well, it's going to happen immediately, and then mm-hmm. it doesn't. And then we get to those ages where everybody's having babies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like me, I remember talking to Ryan about this. Me, I feel like I would have just shut everybody out. I'd be like, I need to just be alone. I can't be in your happiness because I'm unhappy. And I love the picture of what you said, Kristen, mm-hmm. of the love of you still showed up. You came over when Henley, right after Henley was born with food, but you sat in that chair and you rocked her for probably 45 minutes or an hour. She hadn't, I couldn't get her settled. I couldn't do anything. And you took her and you sat in that chair with her. I have a picture of you sitting in that chair with her rocking her. I remember. Yeah. I mean, and it was just one of those special moments where I was like, my goodness, she loves so big mm-hmm. and so fully. And I just think that a lot of women who are struggling with infertility right now and who don't want to talk about it because I don't know, what are the emotions you felt that made you would make you not want to talk about it. I feel like I can't say the emotions that might Mm -hmm. make them want to because I didn't live it. That's one thing. I never felt that. I was open. Once we realized we were really struggling with fertility, Mm -hmm. I was an open book. I Mm -hmm. I never felt that. I told Kristen, I would say all the time, if this is supposed to be embarrassing, I miss the memo because Mm -hmm. I tell everybody who will listen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't bother me one bit. I was -hmm. was an open book. The community was so helpful to me. Oh my gosh. That was my lifeline. So what did it look like for you, the journey as a whole? I mean, we've covered... Gosh, the 31 months. How many years does that Two and a half. To? Two and a half years. Just over. <laughs> what, 933 <laughs> days? Truly, it was 933 days. So we know the the dark place, even that you yeah. described, of what that looks like. So when you all started making decisions to take extra steps, mm-hmm. what did that look like? How did you make the decisions? And really, for you and Daniel, I mean, how did it impact your all's relationship? Fertility can either drive you apart or it can really bring you together. And no doubt, hands down, it brought us together. He was the best support. He went to every appointment. He went to every ultrasound. He, I mean, he didn't miss anything that I did. He was fantastic. He he was there. And I think he felt guilt because it was my body that was doing the shot. And I don't, I would have done anything, mm-hmm. you know. But I think he struggled a little bit because he felt like I was carrying a lot of the physical burden of it. Cause I had, I mean, I had surgeries, I had shots, I had 13 IUI treatments before mm-hmm. we did IVF. I mean, you know, there was just a lot on my body, but he was fantastic. So definitely brought us closer together. And, you know, it was amazing how the Lord would give us both a piece. Cause like six months before I did IVF, we both said, you know, the cost of it. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't think IVF is for us. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to the point, we realized we had, run up against everything we could do here in Knoxville that our options were out. We both literally got in the car and we just said, I have a piece about IVF. And mm-hmm. he was like, I have a piece. The Lord had us on the same page 
at every mm-hmm. turn. Um, so he was fantastic. Was there anything that you all had to do to help support and protect your relationship in it? I'm just thinking the people who are just starting mm-hmm. this, just realizing that this is going to be a struggle. Just making sure you're on the same page and the romantic side of your relationship mm-hmm. is not all calculations. Mm-hmm. It is not all this day and that day and being mindful to protect that in your marriage and not make everything about that. I mean, mm-hmm. we had we would take date nights and we would not talk about fertility. Mm-hmm. We would just be together mm-hmm. and, you know, just be husband and wife, not mm-hmm. going through fertility. And That's, just yeah. guard that and not make it all about fertility, even though people say, and that was one thing, quit worrying about it and it'll happen. That would drive. I'm like, do you know I had to have seven shots this week and I have to have them at like 7 p.m., not 7 a.m. because they have to do certain mm-hmm. times. Like, I had to think about it all day, every day. I did not have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, What did the journey look like to you all once you decided IVF, once you knew that everything in Knoxville that you've tried is not working? So then what happened? It was overwhelming. We made the decision and IVF is very costly. I look at my two children now and I would pay what I paid a million times over and could mm-hmm. care less. Mm-hmm. But it was... I just remember being in the hospital with you after Graham was born. <laughs> oh, and boy. the doctor who delivered Graham walks in and says something to you. And you and you just said, well, he's not going to college because he is college. So <laughs> He spent most of his money trying to get here. So he's going to have luck. to learn something else. He's going to have to learn a trade. <laughs> So that's the truth. But we went to a, an appointment here, and the doctor, we just kind of realized we reached the end of the road. We worked with Nashville Fertility Center, and they were fantastic. So we called them. You have to send all your paperwork. And we went down and kind of did like this IVF crash course with them where they mm-hmm. fill out price. They spell out what you're going to do. They give you this totally overwhelming schedule of medicine and shots that you think you'll never figure out. So we went and we did that crash course and we ordered medicine the next day. Mm-hmm. We just knew it was and for started us. started it immediately. Yep, started the medicine the next mm-hmm. day. How long did you do it for? We went in the summer for our IVF class and then we ordered medicine the next day, got that, started it immediately. The medicine cycle took about maybe six or eight weeks and we did an IVF transfer with Graham in October. Mm-hmm. And when did you find out you were pregnant? October 20th. <laughs> October 10th was my transfer. October 20th, I got my 30-second test was a positive pregnancy test. What was that like? Oh, surreal. I remember I woke up early and went to the bathroom, peed on the stick, and immediately it came up with nothing. And I crumbled on the floor like I've Mm – it was a breakdown like I've never had. I thought that was my shot, and it Mm -hmm. didn't work. And I just laid there just – just sobbing just uncontrollably. And I remember I sat up and looked at that stupid stick one more time, and it – had a second line and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get second lines. Oh mm-hmm. my God. You know, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And it was really faint. So I'm like, I can't, I can't tell him when mm-hmm. I'm pregnant, but does that really mean I'm pregnant? Mm-hmm. Cause it's really faint. I don't know. You know, and it was absolutely unbelievable. Did you just take that one pregnancy test? Yes. You didn't take multiple uh, well, to confirm. I did that, but with IVF, you're not supposed to really test on your own because they mm-hmm. say you can get a false negative. Mm-hmm. So I had blood work scheduled at 8 a.m. that morning, uh, but okay. I tested on my own at like mm-hmm. 530, told Daniel, and then we went together for the blood work. Yeah. When did you tell the family? Um, that night. And how did you all respond, Kristen? Oh, this is a great story. <laughs> just by happenstance. It just, it Mom just and happened. Dad happened to be at my house having, <laughs> yeah. having dinner. And the way we were seated around the table, I could see out my front door, but no one else could. So I look out my front door and I see Morgan and Daniel coming up through the yard. And she's got this ginormous bouquet of pink... And blue balloons. And I stood with a Mylar baby. 
Yes, and a mylar baby, which what is a mylar baby? Like, you know those mylar, mylar baby balloons. Oh. Like, it was a baby. <laughs> it sounds super creepy, but in the moment it was sweet. It, it, it was sounds perfect. creepy to say now. We'll link, it was we'll link a picture so on the show notes. And I um, stood you're such up a professional man to go to the door. And then I just crumbled into the floor, and mm. I just began. She sobbed kind of like I sobbed when I thought my test was negative. I, I just began sobbing. Mm. Well, no one else at the table knows what's happening, so they're trying to rush to my aid. And my I dad my, thinks someone's passed away. Yeah, dad thinks someone's dead, and I'm on the floor on my hands and knees, just just sobbing. No one's opened the door for Morgan, and Daniel, <laughs> they're still there on with the baby, with her creepy baby in her balloons. <laughs> it was just, I it was the most overwhelming. Yep. Mm, joy joy it was it was wonderful absolutely surreal were you nervous to tell people at first i didn't tell people at Mm -hmm. first um i told my family and then we actually anyone who could see the (laughs) balloon the balloon anyone in seymour uh, they knew (laughs) but otherwise but i didn't tell anyone else we actually got on a plane that was on a tuesday we flew on friday and we flew down and told daniel's family in person Mm -hmm. so we told family but then i was super nervous because i thought you know this just doesn't happen for me Mm -hmm. and we never struggle with miscarriages we just were 31 months of negative pregnancy tests Mm -hmm. so but i didn't know if i could sustain Mm -hmm. a pregnancy because my levels even when i got pregnant my levels really weren't where they were supposed Mm -hmm. to be and i had this terrible allergic reaction i had to go off some medicine that made me nervous so even with all that yeah i was scared so i didn't tell anyone until we were well through the first Mm -hmm. trimester Mm -hmm. and what was it like to finally be able to share oh my gosh it was so exciting Mm -hmm. i mean i can i still remember like it was yesterday it was some of the most fun I've ever had getting to tell mm-hmm. people. And at that point, we had such a community who'd been praying for, they didn't know it was Graham, but praying for Graham for mm-hmm. years that everybody, I mean, I felt like everybody was so excited. I kept calling it my special day. I was like, it's, my, it's my big day. <laughs> I finally get to make my aunt announcement. It's my day. She did. I just remember getting a text from you. <laughs> we were at an event and you kept trying to get me to come into a closet with you. <laughs> And I was like, I can't, I, I'm in the middle of all this stuff. I can't. And I literally was about to I leave. I told you I wanted to show you a picture of that rash. Oh yeah. You said you had that allergic reaction. You had a rash and you really wanted me to see the rash. And I was literally almost to my car and I thought, I'll just have her text it to me because it had been a long day. And you're like, get back you have here. To see this rash. You need to see this. And so I walked back there and we're in a closet. And you <laughs> I've not heard the story. And you, and we're just standing there and I'm like oblivious. I don't even, I'm not even expecting it. And I don't even remember. Did you show me a picture? Or did you I just said, say I've got to show you this picture of my rash. You're not going to believe it. And when I flipped around, it was a picture of my ultrasound. And, and I thought you would fall into the floor. I could not. I, even now, it makes, I feel that in the back of my throat uh-huh. welling up. Like just fun. the joy of getting to celebrate that. And yes. just, I don't know. You know, like when people tell you, they're pregnant or that they're ma- getting married or whatever. You're excited, but you're just kind of like, that's great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Move on. But just with you, I don't think I've experienced that much joy on someone else's behalf mm. ever. And yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm very empathetic and I feel what other people feel, but I've just never felt like that for someone else ever than when you told me Graham was coming, yeah. except when you told me that Inslee was coming a, yep. a couple years after. How old was Graham when Inslee was born? Um, he turned two the month before she was born. So they're 25 months. And you did IVF Both. for Inslee as well. Yep, mm-hmm. she's IVF too. And the process was a little bit easier second time yeah. just because you knew? When we did it in 2015, I went through the surgery, they went through it, and we ended up with six embryos. Mm-hmm. So we implanted one and got Graham. So when we tried, we started trying with Inslee, we tried on our own for six months. My levels were just as poor as they were in 2015. So we said, all right, let's just go back. We have the embryo. So we went straight back to Nashville on month six 
um, implanted insulin got a positive. I remember you wouldn't tell anyone when you were doing the implant because you were afraid we were going to count the day. I remember you she was trying, yes. Kristen's trying to count the day. I'm not telling her anything. She was. I had to <laughs> so test early and surprise on this time. I did. I did. <laughs> you people are very exact on your days and your numbers. <laughs> November 20th and November 29th was Insley's positive. <laughs> so you have your two sweet babies now. To sum it all up, Mo, what did no one tell you about trying to get pregnant? What do you wish people would stop saying to others who are having trouble getting pregnant? Just no one told me it wasn't going to be easy and Mm -hmm. that it's okay if it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I had no, I mean, I literally had a doctor say to me um, when I got on birth control after I got married, don't come off this until you're ready because you're young, you're healthy, you'll get pregnant really quick. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally my OBGYN said that to me. So I just had no idea it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. and no one told me it was okay and no one told me to let people come alongside you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so I'm so glad that that's something we figured out. Not only support system, but I reached out to people who were ahead of me on the journey. Mm-hmm. I had girls who were my lifeline who had done IVF. Mm-hmm. And so I'd call them up like, what does this word even mean? You know, because I could talk to you all about that, but you don't know what mm-hmm. my progesterone on day seven is supposed to be. Or if, you know, you don't know necessarily what I'm doing to transfer, what a frozen cycle is or, you mm-hmm. know, and so reaching out to people. That there's no stigma to it. Just talk mm-hmm. about it and let people. Be You'll on be your better team. for it. Oh, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy burden, even with people there with mm-hmm. you. But it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. What do you think people need to stop saying to women who are trying to get pregnant and are struggling through it? Um, one so, great one that you said already was stop worrying so much. That drove me crazy. If you just stop thinking about it, you'll get pregnant. Really, I heard that all the time. And truly, I, I feel like we just need to take all questions, even well-meaning ones, even Mm -hmm. because you love someone, about, you know, how many children do you have? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you just have the two? Do you Mm -hmm. want more? Are you going to have... Just really, truly... Take them off the table, period. Take them out of our our general conversation, just because you just don't know. And there are so many Mm -hmm. people. You look across a group of women and... So many of are privately like or publicly, you know, struggling with that. And I think just removal of any kind of it yes. not question be your go to question. Yes. Yeah, every yeah. time. Let's just let's come up with something else. One person say one time that, uh, well, have you ever considered maybe the Lord just don't want you to have kids? Mm. I was like, mm, no, mm. I'm pretty sure I'll tell me that first. You know, mm-hmm. no, nope. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> I'll know that. I'm, I feel like I know, will know that. Like I'll know that before you, sir. So <laughs> just what she said, just the questions and um, offering suggestions of, well, have you thought about this avenue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. I have. I really have. Thank you. Oh, have you considered all the money you're going to spend? Yep. We're, we we're once had a um, we had a family member on Ryan's side of the family was not on my side, which is shocking because usually this kind of stuff comes from my side. But um, <laughs> the suggestion was to really spice everything up and wrap yourself up in saran wrap. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. exactly what you ju- your expressions right now were okay. our expressions at this family dinner where she shared that just wrap your body in saran wrap. Okay. Yeah. And she said, just sit in it for a little while and then you'll be able to get pregnant in the coming months. Well, we didn't try that. I said, well, I mean, I if mean, somebody listen, told you me could that, have saved honestly, yourself like, a lot of money. Month 28, 29, I probably would have tried it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm like, Kristen, go me. get Serene Wrap. Wrap me over here. I probably need to wrap up it. and Let's just lay honest. here for a minute. <laughs> I would have done it. <laughs> Roll me down the stairs. But everyone's so well meaning. They, they do. really, mm-hmm. truly are. But even those well meaning. Comments, <laughs> but would just don't. Yeah, just well, don't. that's where I will. I, like, even as close as we were, I was just like, I. If you want to talk about it, you're going to talk to me about it, and you would when you wanted to, and yeah. then when you didn't want to, I didn't. I didn't ask about it. I didn't yeah. bring it up because I just felt like 
when you wanted to talk, you would talk. And you did. Like you said, you were very open about it. Yep. So Kristen, for you, as someone who was supporting your sister who was struggling through this, what did no one tell you about trying to support someone going through infertility? And what's your advice to those that are trying to support someone they love? Sure. Um, that it, it can You can feel so helpless as a, as a supporter because, you know, before this, anything she needed basically or issue she had, I could come over, we could talk it out or, you know, it, this was not something I could fix for her with mm-hmm. any tangible thing. It wasn't coming over and helping her figure out where to hang that painting mm-hmm. or, you know, just mm-hmm. whatever trivial little thing. Yeah. It was truly something that outside of prayer and support, there was nothing mm-hmm. that I could do. Yep. And really, I guess my advice for people trying to help their loved ones is, is just to be selfless. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's uncomfortable. And I think naturally that we we try to avoid, you know, feeling mm-hmm. a little uncomfortable or, mm-hmm. you know, she, oh, if she brings that up and it's hard because mm-hmm. I have a baby. But mm-hmm. but just being selfless, you know, give the shot. With your eyes open. With, with, with your, your eyes, eyes open. Just a in general like, vicinity. In It'll be fine. Add with eyes open. <laughs> you know, Charlie, but, your dog got pregnant because Kristen was just walking around eyes closed just giving shots. Giving so shots. It was the I got, weirdest got Dan. I just <laughs> can't ever know. But, but give, the sh- give the shot. Have the tough mm-hmm. conversation. Go to them in their dark place. Go to them mm-hmm. in their dark place. And the other thing is just being really aware. I I just tried to kind of gauge what she needed from me. Did she need me to just sit with her? Mm-hmm. Did she need me to to listen? Did she need me to share the biblical truths with her that she knew and, and remind her of those? Did she need me to not talk about biblical truths and just agree I that, that, a lot. that mm-hmm. her life was hard and that the lot that she had been dealt really stunk and mm-hmm. it wasn't fair? Did we need to say that? You know, mm-hmm. Did I need to make a joke and lighten the mood? Did I need to go to her and pick her up off the couch in her dark place? But, mm-hmm. you know, just really trying to, to know that person and to love that person mm-hmm. and and just be willing to to be uncomfortable if that's what it takes and, and just to do whatever it takes to be there for them and know what they need in the moment. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she did. To wrap it up, one of my favorite questions to ask is, what is something that you're so happy that someone did tell you about? This can be anything, just something that you really love right now. I'll go first because I think you might want to say the same thing. So if I say it first, you can't. You no, mine's better. Walmart, grocery, pickup, or any. It doesn't have to be Walmart, but people log on Walmart, and y'all didn't mention this in your grocery podcast. Pickup is the most incredible, <sighs> life-changing thing. Why do people go in the grocery store? I don't know. I It's soothing to me. No, it's I not. like it. You I don't. enjoy it because you? I go to Publix. Yes, I do. Where you're we go by gotten. the bakery. I'm not going to get got, okay? You I'm are. fully aware. I have mace in my purse. It's going to be fine. Never get and I can walk around Publix by myself. I, I just enjoy it. it. We go back, we go to the bakery, we get a cookie. No. We scroll around. I I open anything they want. If they point it on the shelf, I get it. I open it, they eat it. In but the do store. you know what I do? Mm-hmm. I pull up in my new mom van, which also oh, I love. Oh, help me. Pull up in my new mom van. Do you have a van too, Kristen? She does. We all love it. Dream van car. Life. Oh my gosh, we love it. Van life. You need to get one. So I'm we, out of the family. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you're not a I can't. I'm out. Pull up in the grocery pickup. I sit there in the cover of my own car. My lovely friend, Dimitri, is normally who's there when I go on cool. Fridays. Have we have in our pajamas or not? No one you knows. needs to know. Well, everyone else at Walmart seats, does, so you would be fine. I'm eating snacks. I'm warm. It's rainy. I'm not loading my own groceries. 
I it's like beautiful. it. I like no, it. Just, feels, just try it. Just try it. Well, and if you have do, told me, let me give you my code, then I'll get to know. No, that was off. my tip. Just my try it. It's wonderful. People have told me, though, the produce, they don't pick great they produce. Pick they just throw it in there. I'll show you my fridge before you And leave. I'm going to tell you some tips that they have taught me about picking produce. These people know their, yeah, know their stuff. They do. Dimitri knows what he's doing. Dimitri knows. He's awesome. Mm. Do you he's tip great. him? You can't. They they won't let you. I tried, but they won't let you. Did you really try? Proud of you. I did. My, um, I just sit there when they come, you know, I, mm-hmm. I speak, but Tate is super uncomfortable allowing someone <laughs> to like come out and load his groceries while he sits there. Mm-hmm. And so he just it makes it awkward for all of us oh, because yeah. he gets out of the car and just lurks. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. Lurks about. I hope he's not listening. But <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, I know it feels rude to sit here, but you can like engage with him in polite conversation instead of getting out of the car. Do you talk to him through the trunk? Yeah. 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 Like over Are Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon's Do you, playing. Don't mind this episode of Pokemon. I've got, got blippy. Okay. Do you turn around or just look at him through the rear view mirror? Rear view normally, or outside. You do not rear view those people. I do. I've got, it's a very long van. I can't. I mean, because so normally I'm looking a mess because I don't have my makeup on, my no. hair's not washed, so I keep my sunglasses on and then talk to them. Do you yeah. fully turn around? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You connect with those people. You're on. You you Sometimes are I'm having a conversation. Like, with whose tip was this? <laughs> and Morgan's just eyeing them through the rear view mirror because <laughs> you're not sure if they're going to try to creep in your van. I already told you, you. I'm, skept- no, I'm not skeptical of Dimitri. Dimitri loves his fine. groceries than himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's about it. So Here I'm we go. Keep my eye on the Where kids in the today? rear view, making sure nobody's getting my kids while they load my groceries. <laughs> You always got eyes on him, Mo. You always got eyes on him. True. Kristen, what are you so happy someone told oh, you man, about? I am so happy. This is truly has changed my life. It's small. I'm so excited for this. Okay. I don't sell this. <laughs> Color Street nail stickers has changed my life. Now, they're not on today. Don't look at my nails. I did. I did. I bit them off in a faculty meeting at work the other day. Um, <laughs> Get a little, a little nervous. Little <laughs> you, saw, you saw Jack out there walking to the playground they are again. nail <laughs> stickers, real nail polish. You stick them on. I can do my own nails in the car, anywhere I am, 10 minutes or less. They stay for a week, fairly inexpensive. It looks like I got my stuff together. I do. Listen, my when my are nails done, are done, I feel, I feel like, like I my life is together. You know what I mean? My nails are never done. Oh, no. I lo- we it, used to go. She got me some, We did. We used and to go get me- those French tips yeah. in high school. <laughs> those square cuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those square cuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it has. It's seriously. Because you, you just feel together. You do. You really really do. You know, I've got on mismatching socks. I know. Maybe one of them has a hole. You would never guess it because you like look at my nails. Because my nails look great. And people think you have your life together when your nails are done. You know, I've just like the Walmart you know the the McDonald's cup and the Cubby's bag is mm-hmm. falling out of the van mm-hmm. because of like shoes. Close that door. Well, you never get out of your like, van. Look at that mom. Look you at never her nails. have to get out of your you van. Know, she's, she's got her act together. Look at her nails. <laughs> they're looking through your their rearview mirror and they see your hand on the steering wheel of that <laughs> BW. So what is it about that? There is. I'm sorry. I I'm in a Subaru, so I really can't say much. Yeah, it's true. I'm in a in a glorified station just, wagon. I'll take you on a ride in the van. Okay, listen, Ryan's Ryan's played this game (laughs) and has tried to convince me. He said, they're just so spacious. Exactly. I don't need space. I need to be cool. No, Mm. you're not cool. You've got two kids in your Subaru. I'm really cool. I had my nails done. (laughs) See? There you go. I mean, I think that's an immediate cool factor of times a million at this point. (laughs) Yep, you're winning. For sure. (laughs) 
Well, I love you all both so much. I'm so thankful that you would sit here late at night. It's 9.15. Let it be known that it's late. <laughs> because <laughs> and, we're all so cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap in your van, van while I wait, <laughs> wait for the groceries to come out. <laughs> uh, uh, right. I appreciate you guys. Uh, we will share a lot of anything that we mentioned in the show notes. So make sure you look at those. And as always, make sure you leave a review, especially of this one, because I bet it's going to be a crowd favorite. <laughs> I bet it. Oh, for sure. Is now when I do my song? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Take and the mic. Five, Take six, the mic. Seven, eight. <laughs>I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.